Go in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. It's going to be fast today, but God's going to do something real powerful. Matthew, I, I, I feel the presence of God today. Some of you came in maybe for the first time, and um, we just, we love Jesus a lot. We love his presence. We're coming, I'm, I'm we're coming off a 21-day fast and uh, where we have sought God. And um, I was just up in, the, up in the mountains this last week uh, with a couple of our pastors. And uh, this was the criteria of coming on the trip. I said, hey, guys, we're going on a trip. We're going to the mountains. They're like, yes. I said, don't bring food because we will not be eating. And we will be praying and we will be seeking God. Three of them backed out. Um, <laughs> just joking. They, uh, they, they came, we, and we sought the face of God last week. Man, I'm telling you, we prayed for you. We prayed for the church. We prayed for our cities. We prayed for the next generation. I'm telling you, we sought the face of God. So I'm, 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 like, I'm like feeling like I'm coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm coming just, just, man, I feel the presence of God. I can hear his voice right now. And I'm just telling you, God wants to do something in your life powerfully today. And, um, and I, I want to give you this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It's been our text for this series. We're ending this series, Kingdom Culture. This is part three. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek when? But seek first his kingdom. We've been talking about this kingdom culture. The way the kingdom of God works is when the kingdom of God is first. The Bible declares and challenges us, do not worry about all the things that we worry about. But before you do anything, seek first his kingdom. And everything else will take care of itself. I want to challenge you as we begin January of this year, 2022, as we begin a brand new year, fresh starts in all kinds of different areas, I want to challenge you to put God first. To seek him first in every area. First in your time. Y'all are here. First in your time. First in your treasure. Your finances. Your increase is what Pastor John was talking about. He's first. First in your talents. That's your skills. Your giftings. Your abilities. That God's every single area. One does not compensate for the other. Well, I give my God my treasure, but I don't give him my... No, he, he's first in every... He works best when he's first in everything. What you seek first is what you rely on most. This is kind of just a tell in your life. The thing that you seek first is what you rely on the most. We've been in the middle of a fast, and people have been rearranging what they seek first. We have been depriving ourselves so that we can focus on God. That's what a fast is. We say no to something so that we can say yes to a greater yes to, to the things of God. What you seek first is oftentimes what you rely on most. We've been talking about kingdom, and this is what we've established in this series on kingdom culture. The kingdom of God must be first. The kingdom of God is here. It's not coming. It's not going to come one day. It's here. And last week, we learned this, that the word of the king is the law of the land. In every kingdom, whatever the king says establishes a law. So the law is what is in the heart and the mind of the king. So we learn this about the centurion. When he came to Jesus, Matthew chapter 8, he comes to Jesus, and he says his servant is sick, and Jesus gives him a word. He says, go, let it be just as you believed it to be. I, I'm going to actually show you this. Matthew chapter 8, verse 13. It says, then Jesus said to the centurion, 
Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Now, this is powerful. We talked about this story last week, but I want you to see something because we came up on this realization as we were studying last week is that we love the at this moment. Right? We like the suddenlies. We like the instantlies. We like the moment that God shows up. And everybody talks about the moment God shows up. The testimonies are all about the moment God shows up. But there's more to just our lives than the moment God showed up. And we found this. Is Jesus said to the centurion, watch this. Go, let it be done just as who believed? You believed. He put it on the centurion. And he said, yeah, go ahead. Let it be just as you believed it would be. And he says, and his servant was healed at that moment. Now, he, now here's, here's the kicker. When you look at the Bible, you got to really look into these stories and understand the context of the word of God. He was not at home. His servant was at home. He was with Jesus. He journeyed to see Jesus. Jesus said, go, let it be just as you believed it would. And so the man takes off, heading home. The servant was healed at that moment, but he didn't know. When Jesus gave the word, his servant was healed, but the centurion did not know he was healed. So this is what he had to do. He had to walk with the word. Everybody know about this this walk? God gives you a word, and it's the lonely walk of faith. It's believing when you don't see it. It's believing when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's believing and all the way home. And look at this. And I'm not trying to put pressure and let, let me finish the entire message before you feel pressure. But he says, let it be just as you believed it to be. Let me just ask you a question. What do you believe your life to be? What are you believing your marriage to be? What are you believing your business to be? What are you believing your children to be? What are you believing for your healing? What do you believe it to be? He says, let it be done just as you have believed it to be. If you, listen to this, if you have a word, that's all you need. All this man had a word, and that was all he needed. Jesus says, go. And let it be just as you as believed. And he says, I know what I'm believing. I'm going to walk with this word. And friends, it's difficult to walk the walk of faith. It is difficult when the facts of life and the reality of life is counterintuitive or counterproductive to what you're trying to believe. But friends, that is the walk of faith. It's the walk of faith. Your kingdom is not determined by your physical address. But by the law you abide by and the king that you serve. When, 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 when Jesus came to earth, John the Baptist came before him. And the Bible says this. The Bible says, John the Baptist said, the kingdom of God is at hand. He, John the Baptist says, the kingdom of God is close. And then we see Jesus show up. And now Jesus begins to teach. And Jesus begins to preach. And he proclaims that the kingdom of God is here. It was coming, but now it has arrived. It is here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming what? Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Now, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. There was something that happened every time when he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. It says, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So when he proclaimed the kingdom, he was announcing that there was a new law. There was a new, this this kingdom, something had shifted. 
we, we live in two realms. We live in the realm that is right now, the natural life that we live. But there is a supernatural realm. The Bible teaches us this, us this, that we don't fight as the world fights, right? We don't wage war against flesh and blood. There is a spiritual battle. There is a battle behind the battle. There is this, there, there's two realms. What Jesus was announcing was that there was another realm, that there was a new kingdom that was being established with a new law, with a new order, with new rules, and a new king. He was saying, I have come, now you don't have to live in natural law. The kingdom of God has to be announced. And John the Baptist announced it. The kingdom of God has to be believed. And when people believed in the kingdom of God, the sick were healed, demons were cast out, dead were raised, lepers were cleansed. And I want to show you this. It's really interesting because as Jesus preached, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and then he would heal the sick and deliver those who were oppressed. And I want to show you this, Matthew chapter 13, because this is interesting. Every time Jesus went and proclaimed the kingdom of God, people were healed. Every time Jesus went and proclaimed the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven was here, people were set free. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53, it says, When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, and coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue. Now, we already heard what Jesus was teaching, right? He said he was teaching the synagogue. So what is he teaching in the synagogue? It's the test. He's teaching the kingdom. He's teaching that the kingdom of God is here. He's te- he didn't change his message. He's teaching the same message. And they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? I thought that was kind of insulting. They named all the brothers but not the sisters. It's like James and, then, and the sisters. Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. I'm going to pause here just for a second because the centurion soldier, all he had was a word. And he had to take a faith walk with his word. That's all he had. You know what? Most people get offended at God because while they're on their faith walk, the walk takes longer than they expected. And when the walk takes longer than they expected, they take offense. It is hard to stand in faith when you're offended. It is hard to have faith in God to do something when you're offended that it took him so long to do it. That that walk of faith is difficult. It's, it's a walk that everyone has to walk through, but it is, it is difficult. And this is, it says that some took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And listen to this, and he did not do many miracles there because of Because of whose lack of faith? Okay, this is heavy. I don't like that verse. I don't like that verse at all. I wanted to say, and he did not do many miracles there because sometimes it's not his will. That, that would be easier to line up with my life experience. I wanted to say, and he did not do many miracles there uh, because he was in a bad mood. He didn't do many miracles there because they had been at the club all weekend. He didn't do me. If you feel conviction, that's on you. You don't get. I didn't. I, I was just using an illustration. And he did not do many miracles there because they were 49er fans. He doesn't. 
Jesus loves them all. He does them all. He says, he did it because of their lack of faith. I'm going to take it further. In the Greek language, it actually says, and he could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. When the kingdom of God showed up, he arranged, he established, and announced a new rule. We oftentimes live in the old kingdom, which is the natural kingdom that we find ourselves in right now, earth, the world, which I'll tell you who rules the world, facts and fate, what we feel and what we believe we're going to end up as. Faith interrupts all of that because faith is not from this kingdom. Faith is from the kingdom of God. And it believes that no fact is, remains unchanged in the presence of God. That no matter what I feel, it can change. No matter what I go through, God can bring me through. No matter what I come up against, God can overcome. It, it, there's no fact that can get in the way of God's power. But we see in this passage of Scripture that, the, that God's power was restricted where there was no faith. So we see this. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. You know, we're, we're in an interesting time of, uh, in, in history right now. Is Everybody's been pretty good with the dollar for a long time. But there is this disruptive thing that's happening in our currency. Crypto. It's cryptocurrency. You know, some people, they don't even believe crypt cryptocurrency is real. Oh, yeah, that crypto. But they're all going to be using it. It's only a matter of time. They, all of history is being just, just completely, un, people are becoming millionaires overnight. There, there is more money that's being invested in cryptocurrency than most any stock that you've invested in and believe in right now. It is, it is new, it's disruptive. It's a new currency. And you know what, some people are saying, well, I'll never do it. I'm gonna use the dollar till the day I die. That's fine. What's happening is there is a new currency that's being established. It's being announced. We don't know much about it, but it's there. I know it's dropping. <laughs> I know when I bought it, Bitcoin at quite a bit higher than what it is today. And it started falling. My fast increased. <laughs> when Jesus showed up on the scene... He was teaching us something very disruptive. He said that the way that you've lived your life is by fate or fact, which means I'm sick, it's God's judgment, I'm going to die. And he disrupts the world by saying, I'm going to introduce to you a new currency. And the new currency is called faith. Faith that's connected to the word of God. And when faith is connected to the word of God, it unleashes the power of God. You cannot operate in the power of God with the old currency. Because the power of God will break facts every time. And we have an entire culture, some Christian cultures, that have given themselves to believe in fact and faith. Which means whatever happens, happens. I've been believing God for a long time and it didn't happen, so it just must be God's will not to heal me. This is my thorn in my flesh. This is the cross I must bear. These things that void 
us of the power of God and the promise of God to do the supernatural. But for many of us, our entire lives have been focused on the moment of healing, and we have neglected to talk about the process. The centurion soldier received a word that he had to walk with. All the way home, all the way home, probably passed by people that were wondering what he was doing, probably journeyed for a long time, and the entire time, I would imagine, was inundated with doubts, thinking maybe your servant isn't healed, maybe you shouldn't have bothered Jesus, maybe he didn't really heal him. On the entire walk of faith, he had to walk with the word, believing that he would be healed. Jesus came announcing there is a new kingdom with a new law and a new currency, and the currency is faith. Fate means this. It means to be destined to happen. I'll read you a whole definition. The development of events beyond a person's control. Regarded as determined by a supernatural power. Be destined to happen, turn out, or act in a particular way. You know what I find is people get a word from God and they believe for a day in faith, and after a day of faith, then they give in to fate. That it's just going to happen how it is. I'll just have to live with this. You don't have to live with this. We have a new kingdom. We have a new kingdom with a new king, with a new law, and the currency is faith. It's faith. Faith people always get what they expect because they never expected anything else. Fate people always get, well, it's just, man, my business is going to burn. You know, I, found this, I found this statistic. It's, it's, it's really alarming, but it's true. Do you know that God does not answer 100% of prayers that are not prayed? 100%? Fate people always get what they expect. They always get what they, oh, God's not going to come through. God's not, I'm going to come to church conference. God's not going to do anything. He's just going to be the same old thing. I've been in church for 27 years. Oh, this is what we do. And oh, there's that pastor. He's yelling again. And there's, you just expect it. No wonder you're living in it. Faith people understand that even times facts and fate looks a certain way. I'm going to leave this kingdom and I'm going to come to this kingdom where the currency is faith. I'm going to attach that faith to the word and I'm going to act like it, live like it, talk like it, speak it until I get home and find that at the very moment Jesus spoke the word, my servant was healed. That's how it works, friends, is that the moment Jesus said it, it becomes, and it's our process of discovery and walking with God, believing it to be, that brings us into its reality. Faith is the old currency, and faith is the new currency. Let me tell you a couple things about faith as we begin to close. Faith has to be anchored. Because there's some crazy faith people that are not actually faith people, they're fantasy people. They just want God to be whatever they want him to be. Faith is not fantasy. Faith is anchored. And it's anchored in the word. You cannot find God doing a miracle that's not connected with the word. Miracles are connected to words. It's, if, 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 you, if you just want God to be something, you're trying to be God. God is God. So when you find God's word, let me say it this way. The king's word becomes the law 
of the land. So I find his word, it becomes law. I'm anchored in that word. Faith is not blind belief. Faith is not a wish for a better life. Faith is a conviction in the word of the king. Faith is a divine persuasion. Faith must be anchored in the word of God. Faith must be anchored. Faith must be activated. It's got to be activated. You, faith is an action word. It, faith, is, faith is not a sit and watch. Faith is a get up and move. Faith is, is action. In fact, if you study the life of Jesus and his miracles, why did Jesus always ask people to do something before he healed them? It wasn't to get them to think that it was the action that healed them. It was the obedience to the word that displayed faith. Because when God tells me to do something and I do it, I obey him, it's because I have faith in what he just said. And when you have faith in what he says, you'll do what he told you to do. And if you do what he told you to do, it will begin to unlock the power of the kingdom. Faith has to be activated. This is where I find a lot of people. Faith faith is, is um, anchored in the word of God. They find a word. Faith is activated. They do something but this is really the truth of it. Faith has to be acted on. Let me help you with this. Over and over and over. Because this is how we want it to be. I got a word. Activate my faith. At that moment, he was healed. And I don't know if it's the same for you as it is for me, but most of the time for me, it's been, I got a word. I activate my faith. Now I take a really difficult walk. With everything in my life trying to grip that word, rip that word, destroy that word, every kingdom trying to show me facts why it won't come true, facts why I can't be healed, facts. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Last Sunday, I was preaching, I was real vulnerable about some of the health struggles that I was going through. I didn't really want to say anything about it. And I just was, man, and I'm, I'm, I, was, I had a word and I'm walking with it. I had a bad doctor's report that gave me facts that I didn't like. Can I tell you? I had the best week this week. My, my mind was clear. I had, I'm, I'm, we're on this fast. I've got energy. I can dream. I got vision. And I, I think God healed me while I was preaching to you. I think that, I think that something was activated when I said, I don't know what they're saying or what they're saying, but I know what he said. And the Lord whispered to me, you got a word. And that's all you need, friend, is a word. And then you walk it out. Come hell or high water, good times and bad times, whether a moment or a lifetime, we hold on to the word. The word. It's got to be acted on over and over and over. I thought as we close, I just want to, I want to just illustrate this to you from the word. Because I saw some things in the scripture the past couple months that have really challenged me in my faith. Because I've been doing this ministry thing a long time. Like preaching for 21 years long time 
I've been praying for people, ministering, leading for a long time. I've seen a lot in the church. I've seen a lot of people die. I've seen a lot of people healed. I've seen a lot of people saved. I've seen a lot of people walk away. I've seen a lot of promises, some fulfilled, some not yet. And I found this to be true is that, that this faith, when it's anchored, when it's activated, it's got to be acted on over and over. But that promise is very dependent on what I believe. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, it says, Just then, a woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, how many years? Came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, I'm just going to help you just kind of from message number one. Did she think to herself? Now she said it. Said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Not possibly, not if it's his will, not if I can get his attention. If I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith, whose faith? Your faith has healed you, and the woman was healed. And everybody celebrates the moment. But we just read she suffered for 12 years. We can't, we can't forget the suffering. This is, this is why some people take offense at God. Because they, we preached moment and they walked suffering. And the suffering does not mean that God does not heal. He healed her. The suffering does not mean that God won't heal. He healed her. But she still had 12 years where she spent everything and was in turmoil. But there came a moment where the word that she carried came into reality. And she said to herself, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Matthew chapter 9 is crazy because that's verse 20. But then in verse 27, Jesus is still just making it happen. Matthew 9, 27, he says, as Jesus went on from there, active day, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he got indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I, and listen to this, Jesus puts it on them again. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and said, see. Nope. He touched their eyes and said, according to what? Wouldn't it have been a lot better if Jesus said, now you can see? Because what, what if they didn't have faith? That's a question we don't want to ask. He says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Do you know that these men were adults? So everybody talks about the moment their sight was restored, but nobody talks about their entire childhood, teenage years of begging and walking around blind. If you're going to walk by faith, you have to acknowledge the reality of the kingdom we live in and acknowledge the reality of the power of the kingdom that has come. Fantasy people say, I was never blind. Well, you can't, you can't see, right? And some of you have been hurt by faith, 
theology like this. My leg's not broke. It's not broke, it's fine. You can't walk. The reality is there is an injury. But the kingdom says that by his stripes I was healed. So I'm not in fantasy land. I'm attaching the currency of the kingdom to the word of God, and I'm going to walk it out until I have a, and their sight was restored moment. They had years that they walked in blindness. They had years that they begged, but one day their sight was restored. So my word to you is don't give up too soon on what God spoke to you in secret, what God spoke to you years ago. Don't give up on promises, don't give up on prayers, don't give up on people, don't give up on miracles, don't let fate, don't let facts tell you about your destiny. You get a word, anchor your faith to it, and don't let go. Woo! Don't let go. You can stand up with me. Make sure nobody feels alone. Don't let go. You know what I found to be true? Sometimes what I see with my physical eyes contradicts what he said. I still see the problem. I still see the issue. And it contradicts what he, but faith, faith, He's anchoring that to the word, and no matter what I see, I believe your word. I want to show you this, and we're done. I want you to see these three statements, Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 9. Look at these three statements that Jesus said to people before he did supernatural miracles. It will be as you believed it to be. Your faith has healed you, and according to your faith, let it be done to you. Whoa. Whoa. I'm going to help some of you because this is where people like to get real excited and they're like, that's right. If you're not healed, you didn't have enough faith. You know, the last time I checked, the Bible said if you have a mustard seed of faith. So he didn't talk about having enough. He talked about having some. In fact, there was a man that came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. So how did Jesus heal if he had unbelief? Because it doesn't take perfect faith. It takes some faith. And what I'm asking for the people of God to grab onto is not trying to explain King Jesus because his ways are above our ways. I've prayed for people and they have not been healed. I've prayed for people and they have been healed. At the end of the day, I'm not buddies with Jesus. He's my king. And he sees things that I don't see and he does things and I don't understand. I'm not the judge of it. I'm only a loyal member of his kingdom. And whatever he says, I say is law. Whatever he says, I believe in and I will stand beside. That's our job. Lord, we believe it. We believe. Hebrews chapter 11, I mentioned this last week, great hall of faith. It says, and they died believing the promise, but never seeing it come to pass. I'm pretty sure if I'm on my deathbed and haven't seen the promise, I'm like, yo, God. Like, are you still? No, they said he's King Jesus. He promised it. I believe it. You know what I found? I just, I'm, sometimes I'm realistic, like just like real practical when it comes to spiritual things. 
I just like to, because sometimes you hear me say this, like people say, oh, we're one of those faith churches. And then I'll say, right, like, what, you want to be a doubt church? Right, it's just, sometimes it's just practical. Like if I got to choose one, I'm choosing faith. Loud, quiet, I'm choosing loud. Dead, alive, I'm choosing life. Just, you know, some of those things. And, and, and I just thought about this. I'd rather walk through life believing in faith that my situation can change than to resign to fate and live with it for the rest of my life. I'd rather die believing in faith than live with the resignation that it is what it is. Can I prophesy to you? It is what it is until it's not. And that not is interrupted by kingdom law. When God shows up on the scene, what once is impossible in this kingdom becomes possible in this kingdom. There is no depression, there's no bondage, there's no addiction, there is nothing that can stand against our God. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need help, he doesn't need assistance. He knows what he's doing. And he loves us. And he's here right now. He's here right now.